Today's Patriots Beat is brought to you by The Athletic. The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for die-hard fans. The model is simple. No ads, no pop-ups, and no autoplay videos. Instead, readers get in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their teams and leagues inside and out. Today, my listeners can get 40% off by visiting theathletic.com and using the promo code PATSBEAT. That means the subscription is just $2.99 a month. Again, subscribe today by going to theathletic.com slash PATSBEAT or just use the promo code PATSBEAT once on their site for 40% off and to be part of the future of sports journalism. Hey everybody, it's Trags, and it is Wednesday, March 6th, and time for episode 288 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com, of course, and follow us on Twitter at PatriotsCLNS. My pleasure to welcome Ross Tucker today to the pod. Ross, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, is someone I really enjoy running into often at Gillette Stadium and various venues around the NFL. Ross, thanks a lot for joining me today. Trags, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's March, but always a great time to talk football. And Lord knows there's enough football uh, with free agency and the just completed combine NFL uh, combine to talk about. You are Ross. Let me say this at the top: you are a very, very unique personality in the former NFL player turned media personality space. At least in my mind, the veteran. Uh, of seven NFL seasons. You graduated from Princeton, and you've made the transition to not just being a talking head, but a bona fide NFL columnist and media entrepreneur. you enjoying that? I really am. Thanks for saying that and, and phrasing it that way. It's funny. I think I tell people, like, until I was probably 10 or 11, I dreamt of playing in the NFL, uh, but I was a late bloomer, and my dad is five nine, one hundred and seventy pounds. So <laughs> I think from eleven till about eighteen, I really thought more about being a broadcaster. I thought I would, you know, go to Syracuse and try to be on ESPN or try to write for Sports Illustrated. So, man, am I glad that uh, that the good Lord gave me a, enough genetics to be able to do both. You know, to be able to. Sometimes I think. You know, God made me a uh, uh, help help me become a journeyman offensive lineman just so I could be good enough to get the media gig. So I don't know many people that can say that that both of their dreams were able to come true, but they did. It's pretty awesome. And I just turned forty on Saturday and still haven't gotten a real job or had to yet. And that's the plan. I'm going to try to fight one of those off as long as I possibly can. And I'm glad to see you paid respect to your mom. I uh, gave her credit for saving the newspaper from the day you were born, posting that on Instagram. Yeah, how cool is that? You know, I've got two little girls, and I don't even think they know what a newspaper is, by the way. But, um, you know, my mom on my 40th birthday hands me the Reading Times. I'm from Reading, Pennsylvania, now or west of Philly. Actually, same same hometown as Jimmy Devlin. Or you guys call him James Devlin, but we do. he's Jimmy <laughs> Devlin back in uh, back in Reading, Pennsylvania, and so same hometown as as Jimmy, and yeah, it's pretty cool uh, to see a picture of President Carter uh, on the cover of the newspaper, the Reading Times, on March second, nineteen seventy nine. It's just the fact that she kept it 
for 40 years, I think. And, you know, she lives in like a little townhouse now. I, I would have chucked that thing a long time ago. Or at least just given it to me. They're like, yeah, you're 32. It's good enough. <laughs> You'd like to know, I'm sure, that I am at Pack Rat. So I am a child of the 70s from Cincinnati. So I have all my big red machine memorabilia. And... um um, my lovely genie wants me to throw it all out, and I'm like, yeah, I, I can't do it. I cannot do it. It's just hard for me to throw out memorabilia and uh, memories of the 70s. So I'm right there with your mom, that's for sure. I also want to tell people your other podcast is part of the Ross Tucker uh, Media Empire include the Fancy Feast podcast, the Business of Sports podcast with Andrew Brandt and the College Draft pod, which certainly is something worth listening to here in the month of March and as we ramp up to the uh, NFL draft uh, at the end of April and the Even Money podcast. That's quite the media empire you build after football, Ross. Well, I appreciate that. And the reality is, like a lot of things in life, I just happen to be at the right place at the right time. Uh, ESPN hired me away from Sports Illustrated to write for them back in like 2009 after I retired in 2008. And they asked if I would host their podcast. I said, sure, I'd love to. Literally, Trags, I've never had an iPhone. I have like an Android. I didn't even know what a podcast was. I had no idea. So I, I just knew they were going to pay me to talk about football. So for three years, I did the ESPN podcast, Talking NFL, and helped to grow that, and then eventually went on my own with the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And pretty fortunate that I was able to kind of have a have a podcast business right away because some of the advertisers that were advertising on ESPN just – you know, came right over to the Ross Tucker football podcast. So I had a business right away. After a year, I think I added the Fantasy Feast with Evan Silva from Roto World because I saw everybody was into fantasy football and I was getting into it, you know, try to make the games even more interesting. And then same thing the next year with uh, sports betting and betting on the games with Steve Fezzik, um, you know, out in Vegas on the Even Money podcast. And then Fran Duffy, the video scouting guru for the Eagles, uh, joins me on the College Draft podcast, which is great. I'm I'm a big believer, Trags, in in specialists, right? Yep. You know, Greg Cosell's kind of my video guy on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Andrew Brandt, the former Packers executive, is my business guy. It's you know, I I, I guess I consider myself more of a generalist who knows enough. I I hope to ask the right questions of these specialists and all the different kind of offshoots of football that we all enjoy. One of the reasons, Ross, I wanted to have you on um, is that terrific open letter you wrote to Rob Gronkowski. Now, for some background here, you were undrafted uh, out of Princeton um, and signed by the Washington Redskins in 2001, correct? I got the timeline right here. Yep, 2001, undrafted free agent with the Redskins, Marty Schottenheimer. I had a $0 signing bonus, but... They had uh, they had salary cap purgatory yep. from signing Jeff George and Dion and all these guys the year right. before, so they needed to keep some undrafted guys. That helped, I think. Then you played obviously with the Cowboys, Bills, New England Patriots. You spent um, what the end of two thousand and five uh, into two thousand and six here in Foxborough, and then uh, the Cleveland Browns. And I, I, formally, you finished up with the Redskins, correct? I did, yeah. I, I signed with the Patriots in 05. I tell people jokingly, of course, that my claim to fame is I only ever actually played, got in the game in one playoff game, 
and it was Patriots at Broncos in the divisional round 05 season, Brady's first playoff loss. So my only playoff game was Brady's first playoff loss. So I, I laugh about that. And then the following year, I was I was with the Pats in training camp until LaCharles Bentley tore his knee up for the Browns, and they traded a, a conditional seventh-round pick for me. So I remember Scar, you know, pulling me out of a drill. I was supposed to be in a quarterback – I mean, a quarterback at center for a uh, for a two-minute drill, and they put Gene Murkowski or Hoke Stein or somebody else in. I thought, man, that's not a good sign. And right after practice, Skarnekia said – I think we just traded you to Cleveland. And I'd already been cut a couple times. So to me, getting traded actually sounded cool. I was like, traded? For what? <laughs> Somebody valued you. Said, Scar- yeah, and Scar said, I don't know, probably a bag of balls. <laughs> because I was I was floored that anybody would trade anything for me at that point. So um, back to Gronk. Um, at the end of your career, uh, Ross, um, you had a neck injury, you had a bruised spinal cord, correct, and um, you had other injuries uh, in your past. But I think that the one that really uh, sent an, a red flag up for you was was the uh, bruised spinal cord. And, you know, which leads me to the open letter to Gronk uh, in The Athletic uh, on February 5th, two days after the uh, Patriots Super Bowl 53 win over the Rams. I found it powerful, moving, and appropriate. But the one line that stuck out to me, you wrote to the Patriots title, end so if you don't mind me asking parentheses gronk what exactly would you continue playing for at this point and your um uh you know theoretical and hypothetical question there is what answer is what yeah well and i had a back surgery when i played for the bills and the back surgery kind of affects my thought process Every every day, you know, it, it, it affects what I do when I go to a restaurant, where I sit, what activities I partake in, where I stand, you know, like at a cocktail party kind of deal. And I don't say any of those things, Trags, as if it's some big hardship, right? Like I'm, I'm not complaining. I would do it again. Right. Um, I'm thrilled that I did it. Uh, it was a blast. But when you're in your 20s, I know Gronk's at the end of that now you don't really think that much about how you'll feel 10 years later or certainly 20, 30, 40 years later. And I just wanted to write that to him to make sure he realized that, you know, there are going to be a lot of things he's going to have to deal with for the rest of his life. And specifically in that hypothetical question, you know, he's, He's won, what, three Super Bowls now? Uh, played Correct. in five. Right. Um, you know, he's made all kinds of money. He's, in my mind, a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's certainly a Hall of Fame player. Um, so he's kind of checked every box for a career. So I, I guess if he was still playing, you know, you can always add to the legacy with another championship or more stats. Um, you know, there's never anything wrong with making – Ten million dollars again for another year, and and certainly there's the love of the game, and I'm sure that's a big reason why a guy like Jason Witten came back to play again for the Dallas Cowboys. Right. But I guess I just look at things so much different now, Trags. Now that I've been removed from it for ten years, and I have two little girls, and you know, if you ask my family friends, heck, Trags, you ask my teammates. 
I think a lot of them will tell you they don't know anybody that loves football as much as me. But, I, you know, I, I, you just look at it so differently, and I guess I just, I don't, you know, it sounds sounds like you're, you're, you're telling other guys they're making the wrong decision when you say this, but I guess I just feel like I love my family more than I love football, and I would not want to jeopardize, you know, my – health, um, my standard of living, you know, and, and my ability to be active with them, uh, any longer. And certainly not if I was in, in Rob's in, in Gronk's case, um, you know, certainly not if I had been where he is now in fairness to him, I, you know, I don't think he's married. I don't think he has any kids. So he's probably not looking at it that way. And maybe he doesn't either you know, ever want to do either one of those, but, once you start to do that, like I think about it this way, Trags, what would somebody have to offer me to play again? And, and the answer is, it's it's more than I ever made. You know, you, you have, and, I, and I'm not like, you know, making millions of dollars in the media, but you know, we we live a nice life, and I saved a bunch from what I did make in football or whatever. But my point is, I think about, you know, if someone offered me X and and what that would be after taxes, and whether or not I really think that would be worth doing more damage to my body or taking on that injury risk. And the answer is no. And for me, yeah, having a bruised spinal cord in my neck with my C5, C6, you just realize, you know, how close I was to something really dangerous and, and really bad that could have been life altering. And so, no, it would, um, I don't know what the amount would be, Trags, but it would be a heck of a lot of money to to be able to convince me to go play for another year. Here's how I read this, and and maybe I'm this is pure you know conjecture, obviously, uh, Ross. But I think Gronk wants to play. It would play if he comes back for one more year. Let's say it's for one reason. And that one reason is the quarterback, Tom Brady. I think he has such a friendship and relationship with Tom. If it were any other quarterback, I don't think, I think he's done. I think he would have announced it shortly after the Super Bowl. But because he's waited for so long and been around, uh, the facility, I know ESPN, uh, ESPN's Mike Reese has, you know, reported uh, over the weekend that Gronk has been seen around the facility quite a bit. It just doesn't, you know, reading the tea leaves, it sounds like he's going to want to play one more year if Tom's, uh, if Tom's around. And, you know, the reason we're talking about this now is, you know, next week, March 13th, uh, the Patriots need to know what their free agency uh, cap number is going to be and whether or not if Gronk retires that saves them quite a bit of money on the cap um, and what they'll have to spend in free agency and if he doesn't well you know then that not only affects free agency but who they might uh, draft uh, at tight end by the way Tyree Jackson I know you tweeted video of this at the University of Buffalo six seven two fifty and a four nine uh, four five nine forty that's amazing it really is, and I called one of Tyree Jackson's games last year at University of Buffalo against Akron, and he's a good quarterback, and I think he's got a chance to stick around the NFL for a couple of years as a quarterback. My concern is I just – he's so raw and really inconsistent throwing the ball. You know, there's some unbelievable throws, but then – you just see a lot of rawness. You see a lot of missed throws. And I just hope he doesn't wait too long 
to make the switch like a Terrell Pryor or even a Logan Thomas because I think Tyree could be a tremendous tight end. And I'm sure he's going to give quarterback a shot, and he should. But I hope he doesn't, you know, he can, he can, he can, you know, maybe stick around on practice squads and as the third guy on the roster for a few years, maybe even plays quarterback in the XFL or the AAF or whatever. But I still think his best bet would be to be a, um, you know, a, a tight end probably sooner rather than later. It's the kind of guy that seems like the Patriots it would have the Patriots written all over him um, if he indeed decided to make the switch. Obviously, the Mac has already produced a former quarterback who turned into a pretty good wide receiver, your reigning Super Bowl MVP, and Julian Edelman. So, um, you know, if if he's around later rounds, I could see the Patriots taking a run at him. I want to tell everybody we're speaking with former Patriots and NFL offensive lineman and current media mogul Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I want to move on um, to free agency now. And um, as we record this, only six players actually received the franchise tag from NFL owners. Ross, why do you think the number is so low? Well, I think specifically, I think a bunch of teams realize that it used to be that players really wanted to avoid the franchise tag at all costs and that they would be willing to sign deals that maybe weren't as good because they wanted uh, at least the illusion of security of a long-term deal with guarantees in the second year, maybe even guarantees in the third year. And I think players just felt more comfort and security with that because of the omnipresent injury risk in football. But I think what's happened now is because of the way they calculate it, the tag numbers have actually gone a little bit higher. And I think agents now use that as a jumping off point for long-term negotiations. And they say, hey, you know what? Okay, well, this franchise tag is fully guaranteed for this year. So that's the minimum of where we're starting on a long-term deal next year to do it again would be 120% of that. So we want at least, you know, these two years fully guaranteed with that much money and then some, and it ends up being more than what these guys might even get on the open market. So I think teams like the giants with Landon Collins and the Ravens with CJ Mosley have kind of decided, you know what? I'm not sure it's really worth it. I'm not sure we're not better off just trying to sign them in free agency as opposed to them working off that that uh, tag number. I'm surprised with Landon Collins that he reaches free agency because, I mean, on a team that's really in a full rebuild, he's so young. Um, I would think you'd want somebody like that uh, who's such a, a good uh, safety. You know, I thought that too. Uh, the only counter argument I would make to that, and I tweeted this, at Ross Tucker – NFL is if you remember last year, the the market for safeties was really soft. You think about, you know, Trey Boston and even Tyron Matthew didn't get that big of a deal. Eric Reed, you know, Kenny Vaccaro. There was a bunch of guys that couldn't get deals. Morgan Burnett signed a pretty small deal. And then you look at all the guys that are available this year, Earl Thomas, LaMarcus Joyner. Honey Badger, again, 
you know, I, I just tend to think that the safeties that can cover, like Joyner, like Thomas, um, you know, those guys are going to end up getting more offers and have more options than Landon Collins is. I, I, I think the Giants, you know, I don't know if they re-sign him or not, but I just believe that the market was soft last year and the supply is high this year. There's a bunch of good safeties that are going to hit the market. So I think the Giants thought, you know what, I, we're better off letting them hit the market and seeing if we can get a deal done there. You surprised the Patriots uh, are not going to use the tag or did not use the tag on Trey Flowers, Trent Brown, who it, it's interesting. I'll get into this in a second, um, how you view Trent Brown on the offensive line um, and Stephen Guskowski. All three of them are right now on schedule to reach free agency. So first of all, I will never, ever, ever, ever be quote unquote surprised by anything the Patriots do. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I learned smart. that a long, <laughs> I, I learned that a long, long time ago. Uh, specifically though, I did not anticipate them franchise tagging Trent Brown because I think that they'll put Isaiah Wynn there next year at left tackle. Right. And that they believe, you know, based on their, what happened this offseason with Solder and Trent Brown, that they're able with Dante Scarnecchia and with Isaiah Wynn to get better value out of that position than the millions of dollars Trent Brown's going to get. I thought there was a chance with Steven Gaskowski, but they probably know that he doesn't really want to go anywhere and that they'll be able to get a long-term deal done with him sure. rather than having to tag him. I thought if there was anybody, it would be Trey Flowers just because of – you know, the importance he's played on that defensive line. Uh, but that number, 17 million plus, that's a big number. And when you look and see that Justin Houston might be available via trade for 15 million this year and 17 million next year, or even that Brandon Graham just signed a $13 million a year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles, I just think that 17 million for just one year and having that be the anchor point for the negotiation was too much for the Patriots and They'd rather take their chances with Trey in free agency. Again, hoping he wants to be back. And they they haven't been afraid with certain guys. You know, we saw what they like did with Hightower. Gilmore. And, and Hightower yeah, also. Yeah, they'll, they'll pay him. Uh, Devin McCourty's another one. They'll pay him. They just sometimes want to see what the market is and make sure that they're not overstepping or overpaying early if they can't get the guy to sign the deal they want him to. I want to uh, spend a couple of minutes because this tweet really caught me, uh, it made me laugh, kind of made, made my morning. Antonio Brown is 31 and I'm, I'm, these are my words. I think he needs a PR coach bad, Ross. His quote again, for the, those who didn't see it, uh, in the interview with Jeff Darlington of ESPN, I don't even have to play football if I don't want. I don't even need the game. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. If they want to play, they're going to play by my rules. If not, I don't need to play. To which you tweeted, he's either getting the worst advice I've ever seen or not listening to anyone at this point. Explain, Ross. Well, he has just said and done so many things, uh, in particular this offseason, to drive away certain suitors and to hurt his market value. And I know he doesn't care 
about the Steelers' market value for him. I mean, why would he want the team he's going to go to to lose a higher draft pick? That doesn't make sense. But he also made it clear in an Instagram video from an elliptical machine that he only wants teams to call him if they have guaranteed money. So if you don't have, you can't do any unguarantees anymore. And so he wants a new contract, which is what I always kind of thought this was about. And the reality is, the more teams you drive away, the less of a chance you're going to be able to get the contract that you want. You want more suitors. You want more teams interested in acquiring you because I think all those teams are a little bit concerned about the fact that they believe and know he wants a new contract. And so they're hesitant, you know, to, to dive all the way in. You don't want that. You, you want as many teams as possible to be interested in you. So you get the best contract possible. I'm not sure he really understands that or cares. And I know a lot of people hit me back on Twitter and say at Ross Tucker NFL, by the way, that uh, he, is he lying? He's just telling the truth. That's fine. There's a lot of things in life you can do to tell the truth that just hurts your market value, that doesn't help you out whatsoever in any way. And he's right. He probably doesn't have to play football anymore. But when you're saying out loud you're only going to play on your team uh, on your terms, you're going to scare some teams away. And maybe people say, well, then those aren't the right teams. Well, maybe, but we're, we're getting closer and closer to the point where it's going to be pretty hard for him to actually be happy. So we'll see. Good good luck to the next team is all I got to say on that one. Yeah, I, I just can't see him being happy long-term anywhere, but maybe a team like the Raiders or 49ers take a chance. Who knows? I can attest, Ross, you have great personality and energy. Anybody listening to this podcast can certainly uh, hear that. Um, you've made the most of your post-career with also some motivational speaking around the country. I want you to tell our listeners about uh, the Princeton Players' Four Pillars for Success and how much you enjoy talking about that. Well, I appreciate that, Trax. Yeah, I love public speaking, man. It's like uh, probably in terms of like the nerves I get right before I actually go out there, it's probably the closest thing to football, <laughs> you know, to playing again. Sure, I get and that. I, I just, I'm a huge believer in having a passion, identifying the passion, that's the first P, and then making sure you're prioritizing your time in life to maximize your passion. So priorities, obviously the second P, the third P is preparation, which in my mind is the, the key to success in life. I got a lot of that, by the way, from playing against Ray Lewis and playing with Tom Brady. And then the fourth P is just perform. You know, the, the beauty of it is if you do the first three, and in particular the third one, you prepare, performing is fun. I mean, you enjoy it. And, and I really do. I, I love speaking. I love uh, getting on the air, no matter what I'm doing, the podcast or whatever, because I put the time in ahead of time to ensure that the performance is, is a pleasurable experience for myself and hopefully the people listening. So for those high school athletes or parents of high school athletes, I want you to tell people about what your site, GoBigRecruiting.com, is. Right. So when I was um, when I was a player in high school, I sent out VHS tapes to the mail, which makes me old, obviously. But even when I was in the NFL tracks, I was playing for the Patriots, and people were still sending DVDs to the mail. I went to a wedding for a teammate, and a guy told me he was an Internet video expert. I told him which, my idea, which is to send videos uh, of high school prospects to colleges online and actually know when they click on it and watch it 
So that's really the core business model at Go Big Recruiting, which is great. It's been around for 13 years now. So um, I'm pretty proud of it. You know, I, I think my business plan, I was supposed to sell it for millions of dollars like 10 years ago. That didn't happen, but it's been a, been a nice business and been very helpful for a lot of people. GoBigRecruiting.com. Yeah, I think it's a, a great idea for high school um, athletes and their parents who want to get coaches, college coaches out there um, at any division level, I assume, um, to know about their their student athlete, right? And, you know, this is a way. Yeah, to- and, and really it's just $5 to send it to whatever college you want. And we get as, you know, as excited for the people that send it to Colby and Williams and Amherst as we do those that send it to, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, and Alabama. I know you spoke about Dante Scarnecchia earlier. You got one Bill Belichick story for me that uh, is one of your favorites? Well, I mean, I only ever talked to him, I think. I, I think he only said words to me four times. <laughs> uh, first time when they signed me. Second time was one of my first practices. And he has this unique way of walking by you and talking, but he doesn't look at you. So nobody else can tell he's talking to you, but it goes right in your ear. And I fell down in practice, and obviously that's a cardinal sin because guys can get hurt when you when you fall down. And I just remember hearing this voice go past me, stay off the bleeping ground, will you? And I looked around, and I didn't know who said it, and I saw Belichick at that point was already like seven yards away from me, and I figured out it was him. So he has kind of a – he has an uncanny ability to, to to get the information to you in a very uh, very concise manner without anybody else even knowing he did it. Well, I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. I want to thank our great sponsor, The Athletic. But I really want to also thank our terrific guest, Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman turned sports media mogul. You can follow him on Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL. Subscribe to his network of podcasts, including the Ross Tucker podcast. And certainly uh, on Twitter, if when the uh, NFL draft is coming up and if you want a good recap of the NFL Combine, check out his Twitter uh, timeline. It, it's really terrific stuff. Some great observations and also videos. For producer Michael Angie, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast. Or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.